This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. this intro I get a DM who is that so it's uh, Jim Morrison at the beginning who says is everybody in and then we spliced it together with better living through chemistry by Queens of the Stone Age and it just works and it just makes you feel so good makes you want to run through a wall on a Wednesday morning it's Ben and Woods 97.3 the fan today the last day of November yep yes 30 days half Half. November you just don't get to use the word half half that often unless you're Mike Tyson and you, well, that was mean. I'm sorry. Oh, kind of mean. I'm sorry. I broke my back. Spi- it's spinal. Spinal. You know what? I definitely wouldn't say it to his face. No, you wouldn't. I swear to God, I would not say it to his you face. You enunciate so well, Mr. Tyson. Hey, Good to see you. Half. That, that's funny, Mike. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle. He's our executive producer. Good morning, Paulie. Good morning. Paulie's been crushing, crushing the game. Usually does, but the last few days in particular has really been stepping up his game. It's 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 noticed and it's appreciated. Hey, thanks, Polly. Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, is here as well. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, and I would like to start this morning, this Wednesday morning, the final day of November, by thanking you, Stephen Woods, for A.K.A. Scott Woods, <laughs> for representing the show yesterday. <laughs> With the locals at O'Brien's. That was very cool to see those pictures of you watching soccer Yeah, with everybody. It looked like you had a pretty good time. I did, man. I'll, I can run you through how it went down. Uh, listen, I, I wanted to start right, right there by saying those people that were there are some of, if not the, most passionate people in the world that I've ever met. All of them. And I, I was so touched that they all they wanted to do was just share their passion with me. That's it. That's all they went. They all thanked me for coming. They were all so kind. Uh, I did. I'll I'll be honest. I felt a little bit like um, Elvis when I walked in. Ben, I'll set the scene for you. 
So we get off the air at 10. The game starts at 11. And O'Brien's down the street on Convoy has been packed since 7 a.m. People are getting there. They're getting their seats, their chairs, and everything else. Right. If you were a common man trying to get in... You know, without any street cred, without any strings at being pulled, ten thirty-five you're right done. before a U.S. Men's National World Cup game. No dice. You have you're no luck at all. You're on the outside looking in, and when I say that, I mean literally outside of the restaurant, looking in over the the rail to see the game on TV. Which there were a lot of people doing that, but I walked in, and Steve, who's the president of the local supporters group, there was one chair. All alone, sitting by itself, and it was ten feet in front. I felt like a superstar. One chair, empty. He goes. He pointed at. It, he goes. That's yours. And I went, dude. Thank you. So I went to the bar and I got the burger as you recommended, uh, and I bought a giant plate of nachos for the table. Like, thanks for saving me a seat. This was really nice of you. And so I bought the nachos. I got a delicious, fresh, out of the fountain, Mister Pib. God, I remember how much I love Mr. Pibb. Sat down, and we had about 40 minutes until game time. So the, then the chants started, and holy crap. Holy crap. I w- I'll say this. I was unprepared for the chants. Unprepared. Did you learn some of the chants? I did, and I recorded a couple, too. Great. I need to, crap, I meant to send those to Polly to load. But it was bananas. Bananas. Now, again, a lot of those people got there at 7 a.m. They're nice and lubed up before, you know, before the, the 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 clock starts, so, but I'll tell you, man, we were sitting there. There were kids there. There was families there. It was the people there were so kind and so happy to see me, and it made me feel so good inside. So I appreciate that. Saving me a seat was epic, and uh, I really really appreciated all of the hospitality, and I'm so uh, in awe of all of their passion. It's it's truly awe inspiring to see. It really is, and like. I'm watching, and I'm doing a lot of people watching before, and I love to watch people before a huge game. And, I mean, you see people, like, reasoning with themselves in their head, like, please, God, just give me this. I just, I get Looking down at the ground, rubbing the bridge of their nose, rubbing their hands together, and I thought to myself, now, and I'll say this, we're going to get into the game and, and the particulars of that later. Uh, also, should let you guys know, Landon freaking Donovan's joining us at 735 this morning, which is amazing. Um, it is not how I have ever chosen to watch a huge game, right? And you guys know how weird I am as a, a a fan. I didn't like going to Petco for the playoffs. I did not like being there. I didn't. I did not like being, I did not want to talk to anybody. I did not want to see anybody. I just wanted to sit at my house in silence and scream profanities at the television and pace and throw stuff like that's that's why I want playoff cabin next year because it's going to the game was not my ideal way to watch such a big game now if it's June July yeah let's go to the ballpark have a ball those games that are so important so I actually was a touch surprised that in these biggest moments and nail biting moments you'll hear we love you we love you we love you and where you go we'll follow, we'll follow. and I'm like and they're beating the drum and I'm like. Oh, my God. And I'm staring, and I'm not the world's biggest soccer fan, but I'm staring intently at the TV, not wanting to miss anything. I mean, it's probably the 17 beers didn't didn't hurt either. They get, you know, you get nice and lubed up, and you want to chant and everything. But they are so passionate. It was so much fun. I'm so glad I went. It's so, uh, you can watch soccer, well, any sport, really, but soccer is 
I, you know, I was uh, watching, and my my mother texted me, and she's probably not going to be joining uh, the locals anytime soon. Um, she probably won't like that I read her text. She says, "Why do people enjoy watching soccer? I think it's torturous. <laughs> the never ending tension, roar, and frustration. Yeah, it is so tense, so tense. I I kind of compared it. I said." It's almost like people who enjoy watching a scary movie or a horror yeah. movie where you're sitting on the edge of your seat. At any moment, the big baddie is going to jump out. And the big baddie is the other team scoring a goal yep. and just absolutely gutting you. It can happen at any second. Your dreams just crushed in an instant, and you're right on the edge, especially in a 0-0 game. The entire way through, until you get a little bit of relief, your team scores a goal, and then you feel like, oh, I've got some breathing room. But then it's just as torturous Trying to dodge the other team's goal, knowing, hey, if we give up one the rest of the way, well, it's over for us. Yeah. It's over. At any second, it could be over for us, and that's it. It's um, it's like someone's going to jump out and murder you at any second watching a soccer game. And it really does. There is a lot of, of uh, MLB playoff vibe to it. There is, as far as watching the tension of the game. You guys remember how tense those games were. And every time somebody would step to the plate and you'd hear the crack of the bat, your bowels would sink down, and you're like, oh, my God, where's that going? Oh, God, is that out? Oh, God, he caught it. Okay. <sighs> and then you make the third out, and you're like, all right, I can relax a little bit. I can relax. It's kind of like when the U.S. has the ball. You're excited, and you want them to score, but you're not as as nervous as when Iran is running down the field, and they're setting up uh, you know, a shot. When you're just panicked, you're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. So it was nerve-wracking. It really was a nerve-wracking, fun, fun time. And the food was fantastic at O'Brien's. It really, really was good. I didn't oversell it. I told you it's going to be good. Really, really good. They know their stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, I I had such a blast. Met so many people. Had so many nice tier ones that were there as well and said hello and um, listened, you know, every day. And I just, it was, I, I felt really good when I left. So we do have a a really fun show planned for you. As Woods mentioned, Landon Donovan, American soccer great who is in Qatar and, in fact, was just elected to the National Soccer Hall of Fame. He got the news uh, just, I think, two days ago as well. They surprised him on the Fox broadcast when he was on there doing some uh, analyst work. Uh, he was there last night. We will uh, talk to Landon Donovan at 735 our time, which is, uh, what, about 6.30 in the 6:30 evening PM. over there in Qatar. Uh, he's going to join us to talk about yesterday's one nothing win and now what is facing the United States in the knockout stages, as they call it, of the World Cup, uh, which is uh, going to continue on Saturday morning against the Netherlands, 7 a.m. Early start, San Diego time uh, for the round of 16 match. Not early for us. We'll have one of our, uh, our longtime show favorites. We've been having uh, Jim Trotter. On from uh, the NFL Network uh, since basically we started the show. First week of the show. Yeah, I think he was on the very first week of the show. Haven't uh, chatted with him yet this football season, but he's going to join us at 8.35 as well. Plus, our regular features. We have some amazing audio. You might have caught it yesterday. My Lord. My Lord. (laughs) With the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. How about a shot of Jack? Not fake Jerry, though. No, real Jerry. This one's real, Jerry, and I uh, look forward to playing that as well because it fits right in with the uh, the Ben and Woods vibe. That station is so lucky to have him as a weekly because he's fearless. He'll say anything, anything. No, nah, no, nah, I don't like him. We're going to cut him. I mean, he'll do. He'll say anything, and then he says and does things like he did, and you gotta, you're going to have to wait for this audio, but it's that good. <laughs> His team is, uh, I mean, they're looking good right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's Cowboys, so they're going to. 
probably soil their feels pants. that way. Yeah, they, they always is do. everyone in Dallas getting excited right now? Yes. Like this is finally this is it. This yeah. is our season. We have the team. It's you know they could go all the way this yes. year. Yes, they always feel that they feel that way every year. But and then it but it, it's it's misguided optimism most years. This year it feels better. I, if it's I mean, got to be better. You can make a case right now that Dallas at this moment might be the best team, at least in the NFC. Yeah, in the NFC maybe. It's them or the Eagles, I think, at this point. Vikings sure have a great start, yep. but they just they absolutely crushed the Vikings a couple of weeks ago. So I'm Dallas is uh on the edge of their seats for football season as well. Uh so Jim Trotter gonna be with us at eight thirty five. Should be a really fun one. It's uh let's just get going. Yeah, on this let's get one. it cranked up. Talk buddy. a little bit more about uh, the game yesterday, your thoughts when we come back on the one nothing win. Got a lot of analysis for I you. would like to know what uh, some of the people who uh, follow the sport a little more closely than we do <laughs> were saying about that game yesterday. Obama. Spicy. The, the sacrifice that Christian Pulisic made. Pulisic. Is it now Pulisic? Yeah, Pulisic. I said Pulisic about a hundred times, and I got corrected so no, many times Pulisic. by everyone telling me it was Pulisic. Pulisic. Then I, I've been like practicing Pulisic, Pulisic, Pulisic. Be careful, his uncle's going to call. I was Pulisic. trying to tell people before it was Pulisic, and they kept going, no, you're saying it wrong, it's Pulisic. Mm-mm. Do we know for sure? I'm almost positive. I mean, okay. Woods has watched like two soccer games. I am. He's, he's the resident I thought, I'm basically I thought a it was mad lad footy is what I am. And people kept saying, you're saying it wrong. It's Pulisic. not Pulisic. It's Pulisic. That's all I keep hearing. Even on the broadcast, they're saying Pulisic. Well, we'll get down to all the nitty gritty. Right, somebody it. call Pulisic. Uh, yeah, it's Isik. Daily Isik. Diddy Isik. selection coming up next as well. Our theme this week that Woods chose. The problematic. I just listen to the goal again. They said Pulisic. Okay. Well, yeah, and there's a pronunciation too, Paulie. I'm going to send you the link. <laughs> we'll be right back with Ben and Woods. Uh, this segment brought to you by the Golf Mart. Let's get a quick check of traffic to get things started here on a Wednesday on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Now that I hear the words. Is that how he lured children singing the alphabet song? But he was only like seven when like, I think he was singing this. Is there like a cutoff age? Like you're allowed to listen to anything that he's saying up to a certain age? Yes. But then, up to what is like that Thriller. Age? After Thriller, you're done with Michael Jackson. You have to be. You have to be. 
It's hard. It's hard. Like, I hear PYT on the radio. I'm like, damn, it's a good song, but I'm sorry, man. I watch the documentary. A lot of good songs. I watch the documentary. I can't do it. I cannot do it in good conscience. Listen to Michael Jackson anymore. Very problematic. Massively. You also wonder, I mean. Yes. Of course. Of course. What what he had to suffer through growing up in that family, that lifestyle. The weirdest upbringing. uh, You know, never got a chance to be a kid. Very strange, man. The child star phenomenon is probably not all it's cracked up to be. I'll actually say it's definitely not all it's cracked up to be. Very few come out unscathed. And hey, I'm I'm just I was a child star. Leo DiCaprio's one. He was a child star and he's just kind of moved his way up the ranks to, you know, winning awards and everything else and a fairly normal life from what we can tell at least. Um but yeah, this one it's tough. I've read a lot about Aaron Carter over the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, he, he met an early demise as well. I mean, you know, you saw Lindsay Lohan have a hard time. Uh, the list is long, right? But nothing of this magnitude. This was one of the more shocking scenes that ever, for our generation, Benny, who, I mean, Thriller was in my dad's car 70% of the time. I mean, that's all we listened to was Thriller. That, that's all anybody listened to when it came out. It was bana- I had the glove. I had the jacket. I had it all. I was all the way in on Michael Jackson. And you, you still... Had the glove? I had I mean, the glove. My, not... my grandmother for Christmas made me... Really? A homemade Michael a Jackson glove. glove. I will find... Is there a picture? Of I will find a picture. I swear, on, I swear on my children. I will find a picture uh, <laughs> when I go home for Christmas... And I will tweet it out of me in my homemade Michael Jackson glove. Oh, it's not like <laughs> it's not like you don't hear his music. I mean, you're walking around like in in a mall, yeah, or something. it still it still gets played. Yeah, I mean, what are the I don't know, I don't know what the rules are. This well, is why your topic this week your uh, your, your daily ditty theme is a is a tricky one. Very problematic artist. You have to sort of give a pass to because you still want to listen to their music. Yes. Yeah. Problematic also last night, uh, San Diego State nearly coughed up uh, a loss uh, at home to UC Irvine. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. But since you were at O'Brien's watching with the locals, uh, let's let's get into the soccer game yesterday. The one nothing win over Iran that has lifted Team USA into the knockout stages of the World Cup. Uh, what did some of those passionate soccer fans say about the performance, the strategy, Everything that lifted them into the next round, because I, what I've been hearing the last you know basically few months is they didn't have a lot of faith in the team, the coach, the lead up to the World Cup wasn't what they were looking forward to. But I think just about everyone would say, hey, if we get through the the group stage, we get to the knockout stage, you got to be pretty happy with that if you're a, a, a U.S. soccer fan. Well, let's start with the good, right? Let's start with Captain America himself, Christian Pulisic. Uh, scoring just a monster, monster, monster goal—the the the deciding goal uh, on a on a beautifully timed play, right place, right time. That's what the great ones do, Benny. And there he was, and absolutely wore it, wore it for his country. Knocked him out of the game. Robinson back for the captain, Tyler Adams. Austin McKay, Des making a big run. It's meant for him. Des is stuck in behind. Des in the middle, pull it down. Yeah, but the U.S. takes the lead! <laughs> Poor Pulisic. Bo, where did he get hit? Lots. Yeah, he did. 
Boy, it looked painful. And then he stood up, and I was worried it was like a knee or something. And then you could kind of look, and you go, oh, I see, I know that face. I've been there. I've, I've experienced this. Not to that level. Not to think. that level. I wore one uh, without a cup once, a hard ground ball without a cup. Didn't, didn't feel great. They just like got nauseous. Yeah, it's like it. the worst thing ever. Um, and that was, I mean, he was full steam ahead and wore a cleat right to the... And uh, was out of the game. But I'll tell you, man. The it, it felt like, though, the way the U.S. played in the first half, that it was a deserved goal. Oh, 100%. Lots of opportunities. Yeah. Lots of open looks. Not open looks, but a lot of looks where I was talking to my, my good buddy about it back home. who's a huge soccer fan. And he likes to quiz me. And then I give him my thoughts. He goes, you're right on, man. You're, damn it, you're right on. And I said, I said, man, they were aggressive. They got looks. I said, I can't imagine what it would be like standing in the box and then the ball comes your way and you've got a pretty open net from 12 feet. And that happened a couple of times and <laughs> balls blasted over the crossbar because the adrenaline, the, 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 all of it, man, the moment, you know, you're 22 years old, 20 years old. I think one kid turned yesterday. You're blasting balls over the net because your adrenaline is just firing and it's just, there's no way to control it. So, they had they played so well, Ben, in the first half. They really did, and we worried about the uh, the Iranian strategy. And I thought I thought they played a little differently than people thought they would. They they had some looks early, but our defense was really really great. Theirs was really really great in the box for most of the first half until it wasn't. Uh, we were able to score that goal, but I was all in, man. I'm I'm enthralled with it. I'm seeing it a little differently now. Um and and just realizing how difficult it is to score, my God, it is hard. So that was international soccer insider Stephen Woods. Yes, have you heard international soccer insider Charles Barkley? No, take? I have not. He was on Inside the NBA God, I last hope, night. I hope mine's better than his. We're going for the to the Netherlands. We opening up a can of whoop ass. I guarantee the oh. Netherlands in trouble. <laughs> hey, t- hey, Tyler. My man, twelve. We going. We going on. Hey, I want Spain. I, 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 oh, hey, I want Spain. I want Brazil. I want Germany. I want France. Oh, they got that boy Mbappe over there, France. He ain't no no joke. But we gonna beat the Netherlands. He's amazing. He's amazing. The uh, I will tell you this though, Ben. We got to go to break. Let's save it. Let's save it. We'll do the second half after break. Okay. Does that work for you? Yeah, we can right. continue. You've and then... got to hear. The Telemundo. Oh yeah, it's always goal. always a delight. You heard Fox. Mm-hmm. You got to hear Telemundo. It n- literally never disappoints. We will also uh, discuss a little bit of baseball. Ken Rosenthal had some nuggets about your San Diego Padres yesterday. If you missed that, uh, some off-season tidbits involving what AJ Preller may or may not be up to right now. That is uh, definitely worth some discussion. So. We'll get to that coming up. Don't forget, you can listen to 97.3 The Fan, thousands of other stations, and millions of podcasts for free on the Odyssey app. We'll be back with more soccer talk. The great Stephen Woods here. Thank you very much. 97.3 The Fan. Appreciate it.
Uh, the story, Ben, of two halves. The first half and the second half in the match yesterday between Iran and the USA. And I think it was a, a story of two halves, don't you? Absolutely. I, I think the second half felt a lot oh. like the second half against Wales. Yes, yes. Where they were up one nothing, but then it was the other team that had all the momentum and all the aggression and the desperation, and you just kept waiting. Oh, is that moment going to happen that Iran is going to come up with the equalizer? And as it got later in the got game. It got close to a couple times. I, I was saying to my son as we were watching it together, this is this is now in utter heartbreak territory. If they oh, give up a goal now, it's, this is like soccer four years of misery. Yeah, if and, you give and up I, one now, can I just say I I was I, in my gut, my gut was kind of expecting it a little bit. There was some sloppy play. There were so so there was a guy there. I don't know. He's the one guy I didn't introduce myself to, but he was an Aussie. And he was the funniest mf'er I have ever heard. His commentary, I, I honestly thought to myself, I'd like to bring him over to my home and have him sit on the couch with me and let him, ah, Christ, mate, you're a professional soccer player. Kick the ball. I mean, it was incredible. And he was he had me in stitches the whole game. So when I knew, and it was really, like, it was good info. Like I was, I was gleaning a lot of things from from his commentary. It wasn't just bitching, just to bitch. I will say this though, Ben. There's a lot of uh, it's. There's very. It's very similar to baseball. Everybody in that room yesterday was an expert. Every single one was that. Yeah, you got to do a set piece. That's a that's a wrong. You got to you got to be cutting it. Take it off the side of your foot, not on the front. And I'm laughing because I do it. I do it to Bob Melvin. I do it to Cronenworth. I do it. To, hey, just. Recognize that fastball and drive it, man. We all, we we all do, do watching it. Watching football, we're all better at managing the clock. Oh, 100%. Than the 32 NFL head coaches who get paid millions of dollars but, to do it. But I promise you if they said, hey, Ben, we need a clock manager for the last two minutes of this game. Here's the headset. You'd soil yourself, as I would, as Paul would, as anybody that says they can do it. Hey, uh, Bob Melvin just got sick. Can you come down and run the squad? You would crap your pants. You'd crap. The game will go so fast. Ooh, looks like Darvis got a little twinge. What are you going to do now? Who do you get up? When well, you did didn't he, have someone did already up. <laughs> what were you doing? Wait, sleep at you, the wheel. You would. You'd see me vomiting through my hands. And I, so there was a lot of that going on, which I loved. I loved. I thought it was great. But the Aussie man. So when the the mood soured in in the room yesterday at O'Brien's, it was the substitutions. Gio Reyna, we've talked about. We're going to ask Landon Donovan about Gio Reyna. What in the world has gone on with Gio Reyna? You're limited now to five. It used to be three. Five. But now you've got five subs that you can use. And once you take someone out, they can't go back in. They're yeah. done for the game. So you got to you got to use them strategically. Is this right, though? Unless it's at halftime, that doesn't count. You can do a halftime sub is, is something that I heard yesterday. Oh, I, I think it counts. You it counts as a sub. It counts as one they, of your subs. Can they come back? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I, I need to get more clear on the rules. It's like baseball. When you're out, you're out. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. go back in. You can't come back in. In adult league, you can sometimes, but uh, it doesn't really count. But I, I, everyone to a man or woman was screaming at Burhalter for his substitutions. And it wasn't just them. You know, after the game, Clint Dempsey was pretty, had some pretty pointed comments about Greg Ber- Berhalter's um, moves. And no one seemed to really understand. Putting the defense, the defensive guys in that are not your most kind of elite players. You're you're playing not to lose right there, and it's like you said, it's exactly what happens against Wales. 
And that's that was the common theme in that room for about 35 minutes of the second half was, oh, God, here we go. We're going to blow this. We are now going to blow it. It's going to be your fault, Greg. How could you keep doing this? Why isn't anybody in his ear? Figure it out. You know, you've got better players. What's Gio Reyna doing? I mean, Gio Reyna's a ghost. Didn't see the field again. He's a ghost. And when Christian went down, I thought the obvious move, and everyone was saying, Gio, now it's time for Gio. Get him and get some dynamic, you know, guy that can can shoot, that can score, that can handle the ball, that can, you know, maneuver. Nothing. Nothing. He's just sitting there. And people were like, what What happened? Where? Why is this so petty right now? between these guys. Why can't he see past whatever happened and just let this kid get in there and do his thing? Then they got to the uh, you know stoppage time, and you're always wondering, how much time are they going to add? And you get nine minutes, and it's like, oh, my, that's an eternity. It's like an eternity, surviving nine more minutes of this. And, of course, uh, tw- at least twice in those extra nine minutes, Iran came very close to a goal. They had a header that was just, just wide. And then that last run... Where they kicked it into the box, their player went went down right in front of the goalkeeper. Went right through the goalkeeper's legs. They were screaming for the penalty, and I mean, part of me said, "Of course, they're going to call a penalty here. Oh yeah, going to give them a penalty kick, and they're going to drill get, it. We're going to get knocked out of the World Cup on a penalty kick in the one hundredth minute of this game, and this is how it's going to end. Ultimately, uh, the referee didn't call it. Didn't even go to the VAR review." I, I, as Homer as we all are when it comes to the World Cup, it's the one, all right, we're Americans, you know, whatever you feel about what's going on in the country, feels like we can all come together and cheer for our own World Cup team. I think it was the right call. I don't think I'm being a Homer when I say no, that I should not have been a penalty I agree. under any circumstance. If it was the other way, if we needed a goal and our guy went down, I don't think I would have been screaming for the penalty there. And I also say uh, that, like, I have any earthly idea what an actual foul is in the game of, of soccer. I, I have no idea. It is as... Yeah, it, I'm going more by common sense than yeah. my vast knowledge of what should and should not be a foul in soccer. It eludes me as much as it does when I watch a basketball game. It's literally subjective. It's what it's 95% subjective in, in so many cases, and... So this is how I gauged it. Now, I, I, I realize I'm sitting at a bar with 200 passionate USA fans. So every time I heard, oh, come on, that's an effing foul. I'm like, all right, well, they didn't call that. And that looked, okay, that looked like it should be a foul. But I, I honestly had no, then I found myself going, oh, come on. And then it wasn't. It wasn't a, it wasn't a foul uh, at all. So there's, uh, I think there's an element like, like the NCAA tournament, Benny, let them play a little bit. I think there was some of that going on yesterday, and I'm that I'm I'm glad for that. I like I like to see them go out there and play as long as it's not egregious and they're not trying to hurt somebody. You're going for the ball, you know. But there were some there were some shoulders lowered. There was some really it was it was pretty physical. I thought the uh, the discussion at the end of the match by the the commentators about how the United States was being very strategic and bleeding the clock. Oh and yeah, doing what other top. World Cup sides do and do to us all the time, you know, just stretching out every second to try to get to that final whistle was very interesting and kind of a fascinating part of the sport that I enjoyed uh, getting to watch firsthand yesterday. Yeah, I, I couldn't be more in on the World Cup. I really couldn't. It was so incredible. So we were sitting there yesterday. I was talking to our buddy, Sports Brain. I turned around. I go, all right, so where's the next one? He goes, it's here. I go, you're kidding. He goes, yeah, LA. He goes, you know where the finals are? I go, no. He goes, Dallas. 
And he looked right at me. I go, oh, wow, the finals in Dallas. And I was talking to my other friend. The host country does not have to qualify, is what he said. Is that accurate? Yeah, they get automatically, and that's why Qatar is in. Fantastic. However, it doesn't really matter anymore because they're expanding the World Cup. Instead of 32 teams, I think they're going up to like 48 or something for the next one. So it would be almost impossible for like the United States not to be in the top 50 in the world and qualify for the World Cup, even if they didn't get in automatically. Sure. So you probably will see them in every World Cup from now until the end of time if they don't change the rules again. That being said, do you still have to play, you still have to play the qualifying game? At some point, I think there are still some qualifiers. But, but if they don't matter, then yeah. you, they're not as grueling. It's not, it's it's not, not as gut-wrenching. It's wrenching. not going to be that gut-wrenching qualifying, the, the possibility of missing out like they did four years ago. That obviously won't exist because they're the host, and it won't exist after that because of the expansion of the World Cup. Do you, would you guys have any interest in going to a match in L.A.? I would think so. I would think I would, too. It, the fact that it's L.A. and the traffic's going to... The traffic's bad on a Wednesday, you know, but I can't imagine what the World Cup scene is going to be like. But I think that's such a once-in-a-lifetime top type opportunity. And I have just really enjoyed my time. I told my wife, I go, hey, Saturday, 7... Take the kids on a long walk. I go, I gotta watch this game. I'm I'm now hyped. And like we were talking about earlier in the week, Paulie didn't like the the group round because, well, you know, you're playing for a draw. This there's no playing for a draw here. You have there will be a winner at the end uh, of every match. So World Cup Woods has arrived. Well, those are our thoughts and uh, admittedly amateur thoughts yeah, on amateur it. Amateur is F. We'll get the pro thoughts on it coming up at seven thirty five when Landon Donovan Soccer Hall of Famer now and World Cup legend will join us on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet find new roads. All right, we'll come back after a check of traffic. The winter meetings are coming up here in San Diego. Jeff Passan is expecting fireworks. He's writing about them this morning. What could happen in the next few days? Ken Rosenthal writing about what A.J. Preller is up to as well. We'll talk about all of that uh, right after Kelly's check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. From the premier Kia of Carlsbad Traffic Center, part of the premier auto family, here's Kelly Tannock. Traffic is sponsored by Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Well, guys, we're still seeing a huge backup northbound side of the 805. An accident has been cleared over the right shoulder just past Imperial. But, uh, yeah, northbound 5 looking like a better choice if you can manage that. Again, that's north 805, accident cleared past Imperial. Really no other problem spots on our freeways. Coach Quintera and Joe Musgrove's choice. They're a different kind of dealership looking to be a solid community partner and deliver excellent service. Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Chevrolet finds new roads. I'm Kelly Danik with Adam Woods, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. So MLB insider Ken Rosenthal came out with uh, yeah, ostensibly a news and notes column in The Athletic yesterday, but I'd say a good 50% of it was devoted to Padres information. So clearly he's been digging through his sources and talking to people in and around the organization. A couple of the tidbits that came out yesterday, Woods, uh, the Padres did, in fact, make an offer to Jose Abreu, and it was a three-year offer. Wow. We speculated, well, maybe the Astros got Abreu because they were the only team willing to go to three years for a 36-year-old first baseman. Not the case, according to Ken Rosenthal. He didn't have the terms, the, the cash offered, but he did say the Padres were one of the teams that were interested, a lot of teams were interested, and they were willing, in fact, to go to three years for Jose Abreu, but they did not outbid, apparently, the Houston Astros. Yeah, I mean, they, they he got money whipped by them, and that's good. I mean, $20 bucks a year is a really, really nice salary for Jose Abreu, and I, I, again, I think he would have been a phenomenal fit here. 
Uh, but he's gone. Nothing you can do about it now. You got to focus on the next guy, and I, and I don't know who that is. I think that news is both. I don't. I, I mean, how would you react as a Padres fan? It tells you first of all that Peter Seidler's not willing to spend anything, or AJ Preller's not willing to spend anything, overspend for what he feels is a, a good player, a player he wanted. But there was a limit on what he's willing to spend. But it also tells you that they're still definitely willing to go out there and yes, make spend significant money. offers to good players. So yeah, kicking, I mean, kicking the like I saw an article or a, a blurb that says the Tampa Bay Rays have checked in on Jacob Degrom. Hey, how's Degrom? What's he looking for? All right, thanks. See you later. That's kicking tires. Making an offer is something else entirely. The other uh, big note from like, Ken- AJ kicks the tires on literally everybody. Yeah, yeah right? absolutely. An Knowing offer that is... Aaron Judge isn't coming to San Diego yeah, on a long-term he's... deal, but he asks. Talk to his least, agent. Right? Yeah. What's hey, he, are you even he... open to the? What's he looking for? Yeah, right. and, and on that vein, we talked about the Padres reported interest in Xander Bogarts. Is it kicking the tires as AJ does with everyone, or is it a little bit more serious? And Ken Rosenthal reporting that it's serious enough that the Padres have gone to Xander Bogarts, or his agent at least, and yeah, said, Scott Boris. will you... Will your client be willing to change positions, at least yep. for this upcoming season, if we sign him and play either second or first base? Because we already have a shortstop. Freaking Bogarts at first? Wow. Seems like overkill almost. Most athletic infield I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> ever. In the history of baseball. You there know, will not be a better infield <laughs> athletically uh, and more talented than that one. When my I was God. reading uh, that story last night, I did start to think I don't we haven't really talked about it as an option. But like going back to a week or two ago when all the reports started coming out that the Padres were in on one of these four elite shortstops. It didn't make any sense at the time. Right. Could that mean if one is signed a trade is happening possibly cuz you have a in, you have a, a flux of infielders at that point. Yeah. You have other areas you need to address. Would that could that potentially mean a Kim or a Cronenworth is on the move to fill other positions? Could be. I mean, nothing's. You know, the one thing I wanted, the point I wanted to make today more than anything is, and I tweeted last night. The only rule with the San Diego Padres is there are no rules. They're going to do things differently. They checked in on Trey Turner as well. It looks like Trey Turner is going to be going to be a uh, a Philly. That's the they're the the leader in the clubhouse right now. I think Rosenthal's uh, express term was AJ Preller fancies, fancies Trey Turner. Yeah. yeah, I mean who doesn't? Trey Turner's a hell of a uh, he's a hell of a baseball player. We know what happens when AJ Preller. Yeah, and if he fancies somebody, I mean, but he hasn't gotten all the guys he's fancy. He fancied Lindor. He fancied uh, Jose Ramirez. He didn't get those guys. Um, and so I, I love I what I love about it is he's a maverick. He's a maverick man. He's not going to stick to your. We need a first baseman. Let me go out and fill it with a first baseman. We need a number five starter. Let me fill it with a number five starter. That is the traditional way to do it. It's been very clear. You can love it. You can hate it as a fan. It doesn't matter. I personally love it because I let's try. Let's try. Let's just try to get the best players here and see what happens. But if you hate it, you know, ask yourself why do you hate it so much? I I like doing things a little bit differently. We will be broadcasting live next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from the winter meetings here in San Diego, downtown at the Hyatt. Um, now, while there are certain areas where you need like credentials to go in, it's it's open down there. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, you can go down and, and hang out, and you'll probably see a lot of familiar faces, GMs, managers, 
agents, uh, you know, sometimes a player or two, although it's mostly the, the guys behind the scenes that are uh, going to be appearing. But we're going to be broadcasting live. All of our shows will be uh, for the first three days next week. And Jeff Passan from ESPN in an insider column released this morning says he is expecting uh, some wild action to start the winter meetings here, including perhaps an Aaron Judge uh, signing that could like start the dominoes falling on a lot of other deals. Of course, it's hard when you have a number of teams in on the big players, and they have to kind of wait. They have, we got to hold at least for a decision on a couple of these guys because we don't want to start filling other holes. If Aaron Judge is about to say yes to us, we got it. We've got to give him the opportunity to do so. But once he goes, he says maybe one of the or two of the shortstops might go. You could see a, a domino effect of many, many moves over this next week at the winter meetings here in San Diego. Yeah, Hunter, uh, the beer kid, says, well, he didn't fancy Turner enough to not trade him in the first place. This is, we've all let something go that we realize we might have made a mistake. We want you back. Happens all the time. That was, what, seven years ago? Yeah. Different different circumstances, to yeah. be sure. Didn't trade him in his prime, certainly. And I think if, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, that deal is never made, obviously. Ever. It was... Um, it's reminded me, he, it was tw- uh, one year ago that the lockout was about to start on December 1st, oh, God. and they had a bunch of moves that happened right before. There was a big flurry, and then baseball was about to shut down. Remember, no nothing in December, nothing in January, nothing until what? The end of February when they finally ended the lockout. Sometime in March is when we uh, ended the lockout and, and reported to spring training. So Shows mm-hmm. were so excruciating to do on a daily basis. I've blocked them from my memory. It was awful. Which is why this offseason should feel a lot different. And a lot better. And a lot better. What were the flurry? Who was in, the, in on the see. flurry? Let's see. He said over a 24-hour period that nearly $1 billion of free agents were guaranteed <laughs> from November 28th to 29th. So, so basically this time frame yeah. 12 months ago, the like last-minute moves that were being made so you could at least know who was on your team coming out of the lockout. A lot of those moves were made. Fascinating. Fascinating. Did we get Bob Melvin right before the lockout? He, uh, he We got him before the lockout, before, yes. Right now He wasn't about locked a month. out. So, yeah, about a month, okay. Yeah, he was already in place by this point. All right, good. Last year. So that's uh, that's the news. We're looking forward to being out there next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, broadcasting live. Uh, from the Hyatt, they use the convention center. They use the hotels down there. Uh, it's uh, it's quite the scene. It's I a remember scene, when man. We were there in 2019. It's awesome. And we're looking forward. It should be even better this time around. We got some irons in the fire. Yep. Let's just say that that hopefully we're going to have some fantastic baseball guests next well, week. Well, and you know there there was no impending doom uh, of a lockout. There, you know, even then you're a couple of years away from a potential lockout. It was still kind of the talk of the 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 town then. So uh, we're we're moving moving forward. Come back, take on Woods, chance to uh, qualify for Vegas, last day of November, and did the Aztecs get away with one last night against UC Irvine at Viejas Arena? It's all coming up. Ben Woods on 97.3 The Fan.